spelled yes, one nothing. <laughs> Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast, Season 2, Episode 17, Rivederci Fiero. Jen, how good was that episode? It was amazing. Yes. Did it blow your mind hole? It did. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> that was very good. I am so tired from writing notes from that episode. Um, please prepare yourself for a two-hour podcast because <laughs> we're just going to – let's just do a read-through and <laughs> and then talk about it. Kidding. Yeah. I'm very happy with my plan of printing out the transcript of each episode and <laughs> save so much on note writing. Yeah, that was, that was a good idea. That was a pain. Okay. This really wasn't even a long episode comparatively. Like, well, no. It's the same, I guess, as every other episode. It just, there's a lot more. Some are more wordy than others, but this one, yeah, 12 printed out pages, which is about normal. Yeah, it's just how many things you wanted to mark off as we got to mention this and mm-hmm. that. Because yeah, we like to say every line that we loved. Right. And this had so many. There's a few things I'd like to bring up before we jump in. One, I discovered to my anger, my initial anger, that there's another How I Met Your Podcast podcast. <gasps> yes. Gasp. I was at a little celebration happy hour with a couple of my colleagues, and it came up that one of them liked How I Met Your Podcast. My boss said, oh, you should listen to his podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. He said he liked How I Met Your Mother. My boss told him you should listen to Steve's podcast. He does a podcast about that. So he went in to look it up, to look up How I Met Your Podcast, and he was like, is this it? And he holds, turns the phone around, and it was not our logo. He's like, I don't think so. Why is there another How I Met Your Podcast? <laughs> so I went ballistic. I was like, did someone steal our title? Did we accidentally steal someone else's title? Maybe I saw it and forgot that I saw it and then thought it was my idea for the title of our podcast. So I open it up, and it is in Sweden, and the podcast is in Swedish. Um, they, they're already into season three, but... They didn't start posting any podcasts until this past July. I think they just kind of do a huge block of them and then post them all at once. So they stole, probably unintentionally, our podcast. Or they thought, hey, you know, they're the American. Maybe like we're the, the British uh, office and they're <laughs> like the American office that come out, comes afterwards. Perhaps. But I, you know, don't consider them competition. But it's weird that they, like, there's no Swedish name for How I Met Your Mother or How I Met Your Podcast, you know, and then they're talking about it in Swedish. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how different countries' iTunes and Apple Podcasts things work. And their episodes are only, like, 22 minutes long, so I think they... They're much more efficient than us. Yeah, I don't think they go through it beat by beat like we do. They probably have a much different format. But I really don't like that they have the same title. Is it worth going after copyright? Or? No, of course not. We don't make any <laughs> money off this. <laughs> Yet. We have some new listeners I'd like to say hello to. We have uh, Pandu, who's been quite uh, conversational with us on Twitter. And he does bring up, he, he threw a challenge at us that he thought Patrice should have been in our top ten best recurring character list. Yeah, it's- not a bad argument. I don't think I included her in, like, all the ones I considered. Now, if I had, um, I mentioned back that, you know, she wasn't going to beat out Punchy, I don't think. <laughs> Punchy. 
but she would have gone up against uh, Marshall's parents, and I forget who else. Maybe Punchy was the other one. And number, I think, like, number eight was too good, and I can't remember who that that is right now. But, yeah, it's a good point. Patrice is really good. She might have mm-hmm. been top ten, and if not, maybe number 11. And then there was someone named At McWeb who says they listen to us while they work. And so, hello, At McWeb. You can tell Steve has just now figured out how to use Twitter. Yes, I'm all over that monkey now. Um, there was a site called NP Telegraph. I, I, I think it seemed like a regular news site, but they did uh, put a list up of the top 100 TV shows of all time. And they did it that same way I described the top comedy sitcoms being done by just what's the, what's the IMDb rating for the show. Mm-hmm. And How I Met Your Mother actually ranked number 90. Nice. And then the Entertainment Weekly that just came out was, uh, I'm not sure the theme of it. Is it like the last 30 years or something was the theme of the uh, issue? I looked at it, yeah. And they have a, you know, top quotes from shows of all time or of nice. the last 30 years or something. And a How I Met Your Mother quote made it. Oh, boy. But uh, it's not, I wouldn't have listed this in my top 100 quotes oh. for How I Met Your Mother. It was like... It was legend, and then he like says a whole bunch of things in between, mm-hmm. and then someone's lactose intolerant, then dairy. And do yeah. you? I mean, do you remember that one? Yeah, I do. remember okay. that one. I don't remember. Yeah, the fill-in language, but yeah, he's talking about something else, and then yeah, I do remember that. Um, yeah, it's out of all the quotes they could have pulled, that's not the best one by far. I think a lot of the great quotes of How I Met Your Mother, you have to be involved with the show. Yeah. You have to be watching it. They, not many of them can happen outside of, you know, without the context yeah, of what's going point. on in the episode. Do you have anything? That's all I have. No, I don't have anything. Okay, let's jump in. Arrivederci Fiero. We are starting on the street in Marshall's Fiero with Ted and Marshall driving down the road. And they're really excited because they're about to hit 200,000 miles. They're at 199,999.0 or 1 or something. This is already stressing me out. That's too many miles for a car. Do you, can you think of, like, what the most miles you've ever put on a car that you've owned are? That I've put on or that I've had oh, on Okay, a car. that you've had on a car. Um, I think only, like, 100. I think my Stratus died at, like, 105,000. I want to say, and maybe you remember, too, that my Audi... Got up to like 110 or so. I don't remember. I mean, you had it forever. It still ran really well. Yeah. Yeah, I had that almost 11 years, I want to say. Yeah. No, I'm just still bitter since my Stratus died and I still had a year of car payments left. And <laughs> Oh, God, yeah. That was such an ugly negotiation we had to do to get the new car. Yeah, it was really We bad. have negative trade-in value. Will you take it? <laughs> And I've never bought a car again. I've only ever leased. I will be done with it in three years. I will never be in a broke-down car again. (laughs) Uh, That was a very um, Scarlett O'Hara moment from Gone with the Wind. And I shall never be hungry again. I've never seen Gone with the Wind. (laughs) (laughs) Which makes the comparison even more fun, because you didn't even know you were doing it. No. There's a bunch of chatter between Ted and Marshall about, you know, comparing the Fiero to an old man. Marshall wants to light cigars from the glove compartment that he's been saving for this moment. I think he said Cubans. 
Yeah, and he got him in Chinatown, which confused me. <laughs> um, you know, my dad had a cigar shop that he would hang out at a lot in West Virginia near his, you know, within 30 minutes of his home. And they would source Cuban cigars for, like, the really good customers. Nice. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it's people get them. They don't, they'll never advertise that they have them, but if they have, you know, some I mean, real customers. Thing like didn't we open up trade with that's Cuba? that's a really good question. Can we just get them now? I feel like no. I don't know. But like, I feel like things open back up and then shut back down. Yeah, I, I don't remember them ever saying that they were shutting anything back down. Like I don't feel like Trump came in and said, "Okay, I'm reversing that." I thought travel shut back down. I don't. Maybe you're right. I don't know. <laughs> Ted pulls out uh, chopsticks wrapped in napkins. <laughs> Which is kind of a funny <laughs> sight gag for it all. Uh, Marshall hits a pot And that comes hole. back around. Yeah. Everything in this show, in this episode, comes back around. Yeah. There was even things I didn't write down when they said them. Because, like, eh, you know, that's another so-so show joke. There's so many great jokes to get through. And then it would come back around, like, oh, now i got to go back and write the first thing because <laughs> we got to put a pin in it. Marshall hits a pothole. The car dies. And Ted says, is it cool if I still like these? Yeah, I like that. But that this also stressed me out, too. Like, you can tell how <laughs> I used to be poor and have cars that broke down all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but just being on that tiny street with a car behind them and thinking about them being broken down and having to, like, figure out how to move that car and <laughs> get it towed out of the way and not block traffic. Yeah, I think my worst breakdown was I was driving in Silver Spring, Maryland, and I had a—this was my first car that I had. It was a stick shift. It was a, you know, really, old, like— beat up Mustang. It wasn't beat up. It was a Mustang LX, which is like the cheapest Mustang you could have in the 90s. And I went to push down the clutch to change gears and the clutch just hit the floor, which meant I couldn't (laughs) drive anymore. Uh, And I was in the middle of a three lane highway, not highway. I'm sorry. It was a regular like, you know, road, Mm -hmm. three, three lane each way road, a busy one, Georgia Avenue, as Mm -hmm. you know. And I'm sitting there and this is before we have cell phones. I was, this was like 92 when I was about 16 or 17. And so I had to get out of the car, leave it in the middle of the road, in the Ooh. center lane is where I was. I saw a church next to the road, so I went up there, got on a payphone. Is this the <laughs> most time, <laughs> the most uh, outdated story you've ever heard? And I had to call a tow truck from a, from a, a payphone. And I, I was actually at that church last month when I was uh, exchanging something with someone from work. We needed a convenient place off the highway, oh, off the beltway to, to meet up. And that was like right off the beltway. And as I was sitting in that parking lot waiting for them, I was looking at that spot on the road where I had to <laughs> get off of. Not Sorry, not a great story, but. But yes, it's stressful to break down. And that's what I thought of. <laughs> yeah, now that you have cell phones, it's no big deal. Really. Yeah, it's not as bad as it used to be for sure. Yeah, I broke down one time on the highway going to the mall, and I had to, like, actually, like, cross the highway, go down, like, this little ravine thing, climb back up, because I was going to, like, meet my friend (laughs) who worked at the mall. And again, yeah, I was, you know, 17, 18, I didn't have a cell phone. Let's go to the mall, everyone. Yes, I was trying to go to the mall, and yeah, it was, I think it was winter, it was bad. (laughs) I was driving up to, not quite to Erie, but... Like to the that town where there's the the government slippery rock. Yeah, slippery rock where there's all these government uh, offices that are under a mountain. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. It's called the cave, uh, affectionately by the locals. 
And we always went, would go the night before because I, I don't want to take any chance that I'm not going to be able to make the meeting the day of. Right. But it's, you know, it's a five-hour drive to get there. And so we go to the morning of, and of course I get a flat tire on Pennsylvania Turnpike. Oof. Or not even Pennsylvania. We were, we were off the Turnpike, but it's the road that goes from the Turnpike mm-hmm. up towards Erie. 79. Yeah, and so I pulled off, and luckily I was able to get a hold of uh, somebody that was able to come out and they patched the tire within an hour. Like I, oh, from nice. the second I called them, from the time they came, they were able to take the car, the tire off my car, patch it, put it back on, and we were able to go ahead and finish the day. And so that was, uh, that's just how convenient things are these days. Right. Cause they couldn't do that. They couldn't patch tires on the road like that. They had a kit. Hmm. That was amazing. Okay. And we made the meeting on time. That was, that was amazing. So, anywho, we are in the auto shop. We're with Ted and Marshall. And but we get a little bit of a like a voiceover kind of talking about... <clears throat> maybe they cut it out of the TV version because it wasn't that great, but just kind of talking about like the things people hang on to as they become adults and maybe don't necessarily want to grow up. And so it shows like, somebody with a tattoo and a belly ring, and this is, you know, Marshall's thing was his Fiero. So we get a little bit of context for why, like, maybe this is going to turn out to be so emotional for Marshall. At the auto shop, Ted says at least they missed the folding party. (laughs) And Marshall jokes that, hey, as though he's serious, that it's very important to him that they get these handmade origami cranes made. So it looks like they were making origami cranes cranes for every... Place seat. setting. Yeah, every place <laughs> setting. Oh, my God, that is such a lily thing. <laughs> and it was kind of funny the way Marshall delivers yeah, that. Yeah, no, I liked it. Ted says not to worry. It's the best auto shop in town and points to an award, which was actually that one of the employees ate a 64-ounce steak. And then we get Robin, Lily, and Marty entering with the origami supplies. I like sort of Robin's deadpan of, we didn't want you guys to miss out. <laughs> right. There's some talk about how, you know, the Fiero, Fiero goes back and forth between being a he or a she. Lily says it's a tranny car. We don't, I don't think we use that word anymore. No, and that's not even, that wouldn't have been accurate at the time either. Yeah, more hermaphroditic, I would think. I, no, I guess it works okay. It's fine. Yeah, it's not but, great. But yeah, the, the, we don't use that terminology anymore. And Robin wants to know how long have you had he or she and Marshall says that his brothers actually passed it to him when he was 16 I like how she goes oh how nice of them he goes not really and then we get the <laughs> flashback and uh, this is going to be the first of many flashbacks in this episode and it hits first we get so this is Marshall and his two older brothers and do you want to describe Marshall's hair I mean but Marshall and one of his brothers both have some pretty sweet mullets going on yeah there's some good good looking ape drapes and the brothers are on both on either side of him. <laughs> like the Fiero is yours, and Marshall's laugh slash expression of um, excitement are hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> he's got the braces. Yeah, hair's all messed up, acne spots. So they're really playing up the teenage aspect of him. Right, and they have a final test for him. Even though he already shaved and swallowed five dollars and quarters, only four fifty has come out, which actually comes back around. Not this episode, though, right? No, it does, like, in a couple of lines. Oh, okay. They just want him to go to the burger place and get 12 cups of coffee, but he has to agree to wear what they say. 
he agrees. And he does this thing with his head where it's like... It's like bobbing. Yeah, going like back and <laughs> forth. <laughs> he has such a goofy mannerisms as a kid. Yes. Whenever they have these flashbacks. So we, we cut to Marshall pulling up to the drive through naked. Like how the, the guy at the drive through goes, just deadpan, you're naked. <laughs> right. Marshall's aware. And so this is where the guy asks, do you have 50 cents? And Marshall's, no. <laughs> so it's subtle. Okay, that's right. Good job. So he's got his 12 <laughs> coffees, but he's like, we're out of trays and lids. Uh, a couple guys came in. Two tall guys. <laughs> <laughs> Just came in and bought them all. This is great. He puts them on the dashboard, driving really slowly, and the I brothers mean, pop out on What him. else could he have done? I mean, this is not the best option, regardless him, of whether they pop out on it. You put them on the passenger side floor. That's what I was thinking. That's where you put them and you just, you, you know, drive home Right. Like, very why would slowly. you put them on the dashboard? This is the worst place. Yeah. Good point. But, you know. This was partially his own fault. Yeah. He's dumb. And a teenager, so yeah. So the brothers jump out at him. He slams on the brakes. All the coffee falls on him. He's screaming. I mean, that's probably a pretty serious medical injury. <laughs> yeah, especially below the equator there. Yeah, yeah. There's no callus on that area. <laughs> yeah, that's that was rough. <laughs> but we laughed. Yes, Very oh, hard. of course. Yes, and so this is the origin of Marshall's no food or drinks in the <clears throat> Fiero, not even groceries. His insane rule. Lily's yelling at Barney. She says this is the third origami swan that he's ruined. And then she goes, all you have to do is, and then she names like 11 steps. Or, <laughs> or should, what am I kindergarten to show you? And then she's finishing. He does this little thing where he's like bouncing. Yeah, he like twists it and then starts like moving it like it's... <laughs> like it's flying yeah. or something. <laughs> Say, hey, look, it's working. <laughs> And then she says that he's out of there. He's he's off the project. He's like, oh, nerds. <laughs> so clearly Barney was, yeah, this was all a setup. He didn't want to do this. He was intentionally <laughs> doing it poorly. I like how Ted and Marshall kind of like nod to him in respect of his scheme <laughs> there, but don't turn him in. Right. But what, what are they going to do? And he kind of like, you know, does a little head nod to Ted also. Like, <laughs> see what I just did. Although I don't see, maybe I'm not paying close enough attention. I didn't see any of them making swans or cranes or whatever they're supposed to be. That's true. Ted mentions that his rule is insane about no food or drink, and it's because of that rule that they almost died on the 100,000-mile fiasco, yeah, or I think he calls it the 100K fiasco. The Fierro-asco? Fier- what'd you say? It's a, Marshall argues with him that it's a Fierro-asco. Oh, does he? That wasn't on the TV version. <laughs> yeah, they go back and forth a couple of times. <laughs> He's like, I told you that doesn't work. <laughs> they are pointing back or working their way back to a story from their freshman year, the first winter break. They weren't really friends yet. Marshall thought Ted was pretentious. Ted thought Marshall was a slob. It was a very um, odd couple. Right. And in the flashback, we're in their dorm room. I was trying to look for anything, like, recognizable because they went to college about the same time as I did in the 90s. Mm-hmm. There was a tape cassette collection on the wall. Nice. And I do think when I went to college, all those CDs were starting to come out. I remember bringing my tape collection to college. <laughs> and I still had my tape deck player in my car. Right. I don't think I had a CD player until the next car that I got. 
Uh, I mean, I had the car that I drove when I was in high school. I graduated in 2001, but I drove in 89, so it had a cassette player. So I had to get, like, that little adapter thing that was, like... Where you put, like, a tape in. It's got a, <laughs> a wire your, coming like, out. CD player or Oh, something. yeah, I had that. That's what I had, I think, in my second car. So, no, I didn't have a CD player in the second car. I had... It was a tape player because I bought it used. And I had to put that tape thing in mm-hmm. and have it connect to a CD player. <laughs> God, technology has come so far. Although this was, yeah, 20 years ago. God, we're so old. We really are. But all these kids that take for granted just being able to plug their phone in, mm-hmm. I have no idea. Yeah, we were starting to watch with Tyler, who's still six, <laughs> uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and the kid, uh, Star-Lord, as a kid, and then even, again, as an adult, has the cassette player mm-hmm. with the headphones, the phony headphones. Mm-hmm. And I, did he ask what those were? I think he asked what they, that was. Yeah, he did. Um, and then also when we were camping last weekend, we were at a cabin that had a TV, but it didn't have on-demand or Netflix or anything. He couldn't wrap his brain yeah, around it. Yeah, he was so mad that we couldn't fast-forward through commercials. Or just pick whatever just, we yeah. want to watch. <laughs> or rewind something. Because yeah, even when we go to hotels, usually there's a link to get into a Netflix, or Netflix account mm-hmm. or a Hulu account. Yeah, it's been a while since we've been somewhere that we couldn't stream something. All right. Marshall offers Ted that he give Ted a ride back to Ohio and he could use the extra gas money. Ted says, I know you love this line, I'll let you say it. Well, first, you know, just to demonstrate what they just said about each other, that Marshall's a slob and Ted's pretentious. As Marshall comes in, he has, like, you know, trash from a sub or something and he just throws it, like, he tries to get the garbage can and misses and doesn't even bother to pick it up, so Ted has to, like, pick it up for him. And then, yeah, so he offers to pick Ted up on his way back to school because he's bringing the Fiero to school with him. Um, and he's like, you live in Ohio, right? Oh, so they weren't... Okay, yeah, I, I guess I forgot that detail. They weren't driving from school to home together. It was going to be just picking him up on the way back. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't okay. really impact the story that much. Um, but Ted points out that his parents live in Ohio. He lives in the moment. <laughs> and Marshall's face here. Yeah, <laughs> so just kind of gives an eye roll. There's something about Karen that if he did that, he wouldn't be able to spend as much time with Karen. And so he doesn't, he said no, but then we kind of cut to them driving together and him saying it was totally his call that he left early without Karen. Oh no, it was mutual. She brought it up first, but it was totally mutual. (laughs) Right. So they start talking about, you know, how is his relationship with Lily going and Marshall's kind of flipping about it that, you know, they're freshmen. He's not going to marry the first girl he gets with. This yeah. bird you'll never change. <laughs> right. That's got to be from Free Bird, right? Yeah. And from there on, it was a classic road trip. And we start to notice that we're hearing the same song over and over again. <laughs> right. It's, um, I'm gonna be by right, the to Proclaimers. Right, 500 miles. Yeah. Um, it's the best song in the world. It's the only song I like. <laughs> So Ted points out that, you know, <laughs> this song's been playing quite a bit, and, you know, Marshall... Yeah, why did it take him this long to say something about it? <laughs> I don't know. So, you know, Marshall feigns that, you know, it's his favorite song in the whole world, but now the tape's been stuck for two years, so... And he goes, it's better than nothing. And Ted goes, I guess. And then all of a sudden you cut to them, like, jamming out together <laughs> over right. it. Um, Ted, then we cut then we cut forward a little bit. Ted's sick of it, and Marshall said, don't worry, it comes, it comes around, around again. again. <laughs> what do you mean? 
And then all of a sudden they cut to them jamming out. I like how he just knows that that's in human nature. This is going to come back around for us. <laughs> and then they uh, sing the end part together. I can't <laughs> harmonize the ending. And we're like, <laughs> we totally nailed it. Yeah, it's their best one yet. And then Ted introduces the game of Zitch Dog. Remember we played Zitch Dog all the way? The three, we went to Costa Rica, and there's a three-hour drive from the capital city to the town we were going to. And it was a paved road, but from my understanding, it had only been paved in like the last three years or so. But we decided as we were leaving, hey, let's play Zitch Dog. And we were with friends. No one else was playing. No one else knew <laughs> no. what we were talking about. And so we're going Learned through, and it's like 22, 20, 22 18. <laughs> and it's like third world country we're driving through. And so you're seeing a lot of dogs, like, running across yes. the roads. Actually, you know, it's like that in most countries that aren't the U.S. So there's a lot of stray dogs running around, like, especially in warm climates. So yeah. when I went to Greece, it was like that. Spain was like that. Hmm. At any rate, so we're, we're doing it all this time, and... We, I think at some point we say to our friends, um, have you guys ever, do you guys have any idea what Zitch Dog is? It's like, no. They've been listening to us do this for like three hours and never. <laughs> Nobody s- cared. Never guessed that it's, you know, just how many dogs can you spot? <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to just say Zitch Dog. I mean, I'm not sure what that adds to the game. I guess you got to give it a name of some sort. You but. know, I should have looked it up. I'm not sure if this is, this An game existed or, yeah, it was. Just the How I Met Your Mother thing. But. So Marshall's really good at Zitch Dog. Ted Marshall's even, good at all games. That's true. But usually we thought it was like board games or card games and stuff. We didn't know it applied to <laughs> spotting games. but Apparently. Ted even tries to sneak one on him while he's sleeping. And right. like, yeah, he goes, Zitch Dog. And then he tells him what the car is. So it's not you can't right. just be like, oh, cause you just said that because I was waking you. Right. <laughs> and we get the, the count as he goes. 22 nothing. Yeah. <laughs> They are also doing this other thing along the way through scenes throughout this show, this episode, where they're showing you how much mileage is on the car Mm -hmm. when they're using it in different spots. I didn't write them down because it doesn't really make much difference, but I guess it kind of tells you where they are in time a little bit. Yeah. By how many more miles are on it than the last scene. Yeah. All right. Ted's narrating. He says... Then Marshall, who was totally cheating on Zitch Dog, got us totally lost. <laughs> right. And Marshall backs it up that, you know, the reason they got lost is because Ted wanted to take the road less traveled. I right. love Robert Frost and... Who's not fun enough now, Karen? <laughs> and again, we get Marshall's face. I'm like, what? So, yeah, Ted gets them lost and they just kind of give up and pull over. They don't even know if they're on the road anymore. They're almost out of gas. It's freezing, it's snowing, they don't know what, what's going to happen. Ted wants to keep going. He says that, he, besides he has, it's less than zero degrees outside. He only has six granola bars and three bottles of water left. And Marshall threw them out. Yeah, Marshall's like, <laughs> no, threw them out. Like, it's so matter of fact about it. <laughs> no regrets either. Right. He's never like, oh, I should have not followed that rule this one time. Right, yeah, but no matter of fact, no food or drink in the Fiero. So they're pulled over. It's a heavy snowstorm, like a blizzard. Uh, the engine is off. I like how Ted tells Marshall that if he dies first, he can eat him <laughs> or cut him open like a tom-tom. Do you know the reference? No. That's actually from uh, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. There were these animals. They were sort of horse-like, except for they would run on two, hind, you know, two like big legs, and they stood kind of upright. They were... 
I have to say they were probably like, you know, seven or eight feet tall. And they had heads kind of like a, a ram and a body like a giant furry. <laughs> it's hard to describe. Star Wars sounds stupid. So they're <laughs> on this planet that's all covered in snow and it's always blizzardy. And so they ride around on these things called these animals called Tom Toms. And they have like a saddle on them. I can't remember. I mean, they're kind of an upright animal, so I'm not sure how the saddle held them so well. But at any rate, but the at some point, Luke Skywalker gets stuck out in a blizzard, and he takes his lightsaber and cuts the Tom Tom's stomach open, and then crawls inside of it to Ew. stay warm. Like he had to pull like guts and stuff out. Oh my god! So that is the Tom Tom reference. So he just murdered an animal. Yeah, I mean, he had to or he would have died. Well, he should have died. <laughs> Empire be damned or whatever. <laughs> Marshall has a great line. Yeah, if I die first, just leave my body alone. <laughs> yeah. Don't do any of that stuff to me. Really skeeves him out. <laughs> His discomfort of it while they're still alive right now, just talking about it, precludes Ted from being able to cut him open later after he's dead. <laughs> right. And Ted points out, but I'm going to die if I don't. Marshall. <laughs> It wasn't an easy decision. <laughs> Even though he just made it. <laughs> he he would have had, like, less than ten seconds to think about it. Right. And so Ted points out here, and I think Ted's wrong, that, you know, it's because of his insane no-food rule that they might die, which is not the issue. The issue is that they're out of gas and in the cold, not that they're starving to death. Very true. That's a good point. So but they start... <laughs> they start shoving each other over the no-food rule. Yes. And then Ted's... Spectacles fly off. My spectacles! <laughs> yes. So then they decide to cuddle for warmth. I, I noticed well, that. Well, first they turn the, the car back on for heat for a minute, and the song immediately comes back on. <laughs> yeah, there was really no, not much reason for that little scene, I didn't think, of them turning the car back on for a second. Just to get the song, I think, because that, that's funny. I guess so, but then they just turn it right, you know, either they turn it right back off, or the next scene we cut to, it's not on anymore. But right. the scene lasts like. 10 seconds, and if it was only to have that song play, it seemed like, eh, maybe we didn't need that, but... I mean, or maybe it's common sense. Like, okay, no, we don't have a lot of gas, but if we're freezing to death, like, maybe let's try to get the heat going for a minute. As as Marshall is suggesting... So at this point, the next scene they cut to is them in the car, and the, the car's not on. Mm-hmm. So they're really freezing, and Marshall's starting to suggest, you know, there's only one way for us to stay warm enough so we don't freeze to death. And I like how... Ted's eyes are sort of like slowly moving over to him as he's saying this. <laughs> I guess anticipating something more intimate than just, you know, cuddling. <laughs> but we cut to them cuddling uh, for warmth. And <laughs> Marshall starts talking about how he's going to marry Lily if he lives through this thing. And he says he's sorry about Ted's spectacles. And Ted goes, It's okay. They were decorative. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that saying? Funny. It's not, not only funny that they were decorative. But then instead of saying, no, they were non-prescription or they were just, you know, for style, (laughs) he says decorative. (laughs) And refers to them as spectacles. And it's funny that Marshall also refers to them back as spectacles instead of just saying your glasses. Right. Um, Ted says, Marshall, are you thinking about Lily? Please stop. He's like, yeah, please stop. (laughs) So clearly he was feeling Marshall's excitement. Right. (laughs) Um, we cut, they cut over, they cut to the next day, uh, the next morning where it's light out and they're asleep in the car. <laughs> it feels that they're parked outside of a motel 
the whole night. Right. Just sitting there. Um, so presumably they could have just gone up to the door and knocked and got in a room. Right. And then a man with a dog, a local with a dog, walks up to their car. You know, all these years I thought this was John Hawks. Who? John Hawks. He's kind of a gawky-looking actor from The Perfect Storm, Deadwood. Uh, he was in three billboards outside Abbey, Missouri. He was in Lincoln. He was in Winter's Bone. He's got kind of a big nose, kind of a, a pointy face. No, I don't know. Well, anyways, it wasn't him. Um, <laughs> Riveting. I, yeah, well, I, I was like, John, it's such a random cameo by John Hawks because he's been in a lot of stuff. I know you're not picturing who I'm talking about right now, but um, nevertheless, I, I decided to go on IMDb and was like, where was he in his career where he would have been on this? And I didn't see it on his IMDb page. And so then I went to the you're episode. that confident. <laughs> yeah. So then I went to the episode and it was this guy, Frank Clem. I was like, no, mind blown. Anyways, he's referred to as Hick. His character's name is Hick. <laughs> hey, you lovers better just keep on driving. Yeah, and the dog and starts barking at him. And they're screaming, and I like in the middle of the scream, Marshall goes, Zitch dog. And then they keep <laughs> screaming. Like, Damn it. <laughs> yeah, and they ah. <laughs> Okay, we cut back to the auto body shop. And Ted says that's the trip where Marshall and him became best friends. <laughs> I like Barney's with with privileges from the sound of it. Right. That's a good line. The mechanic calls Marshall over. We can tell he's getting bad news. And Barney goes, wow, looks like he really needs a hug. Hey, Ted. That was okay. I liked it. Because it came around in the heels of the uh, friends with privileges mm-hmm. line. So it's going to take $3,000 to make it run again. Marshall kind of... And that's an if. It might still might not run. Yeah, and then he goes into kind of a long soliloquy about, you know, maybe it's time to let it go. And Raman comes in and says, you know, you can only replace pieces of it so many times. I mean, it's mostly machine by now. But they're obviously talking about it like it's a person or a pet for a while. Right. And Marshall, you know, pretty down on himself. You know, he's he's not where he thought he would be in life. He's about to take this corporate job and he's just going to be another guy in a suit. How dare you, says Barney. He <laughs> takes really big offense to this. Yeah. And so Marshall starts Fun to go through you know, the thing, the other things that have happened in the car, the suicidal cat. Hitchhiking Waldo. Which is <laughs> <Just> so funny. <laughs> and then he mentions the homeless guy who broke in through the window and threw up all over the backseat. And Which, we get a look between Robin and Lily. Yeah, Lily, uh, has the look of someone who's going to confess, and Robin tries to stop her, and, you know, don't, don't go prisoner's dilemma on me. Do you know the prisoner's dilemma? I looked it up for this. I had not heard it before. I had, but I can't remember where. I feel like I've heard it in a podcast before. Hmm. The idea that um, the odds of, you know, if you have two prisoners or two suspects, um, am I saying, is that the right term? Would you say suspects? Yeah, I think suspects. I guess prisoners. Um, if they're kind of in cahoots for something and they have the choice of one of them turning the other one in, not knowing whether the other one will do the same, uh, or just sticking together, the odds are always in the favor of them just sticking together. It's a, it's sort of a game theory. So it sounds like that doesn't actually apply to this since <laughs> they know what the other one's going to do. Yeah, it's It works better if they don't know what the other one's going to do. You're right, but... The reference makes a little bit of sense of, hey, it's just better to stick together. Mm-hmm. But and not, not one person be the one to confess and get the advantage over the other person. 
So, yeah, an imperfect example, but Lily spills her guts anyway. We get a flashback. They're in the, the Lily and Robert are in the apartment. They want Thai food, but delivery will take an hour and a half. Lily says that they can't take the fear because of the food rule. And Robin goes, come on, Lily. And then starts naming a bunch of... Syllables. <laughs> well, Thai food terminology. I think, I know the middle ones are real food. It's the Tom Kha Gai, which is the, the soup that I like to get from Thai food. I don't know about the first, I, I know the third one's not real. I'm not sure about the first one. I mean, you would think the first one would be, because that would make sense. Yeah, and it sounds right to me. Although I don't know and what And then it maybe, is. yeah, she just gives up. <laughs> but Lily has a really good line. Right. <laughs> You're just saying random syllables, and it still sounds delicious. <laughs> so I feel like we use every time we order Thai food. Yeah, we do. <laughs> that is something we, we say a lot. So Lily has a foolproof plan. Um, you know, keeping the window down, all this, that, and the other, and he'll never know. And we cut two, the two of them sitting in the car covered in Thai food. Yeah, the brakes are really sensitive. Yeah, and she's freaking out because the only two things that really bother Marshall are the food thing for his car and uh, the use of the word effect versus affect, (laughs) which comes back around again. Right. So as Lily's freaking out, Robin breaks in and goes, you know, into this wolf from Pulp Fiction mode where she takes things over and gets real serious. You, You know the reference I'm making. Mm-hmm. The Harvey Keitel character of kind of just takes control and right. starts giving out orders. When they accidentally shoot the guy in the head. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the, even the word the clock is ticking is from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> and then she's talking about cleaning up the Thai food, much in the way Harvey Keitel was referring to, you know, cleaning up skull, pieces of skull, brains and blood, pools Gross. of blood. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like really, really the exact same language. It's really well done. And then they smoke the cigars to cover the smell. I like they aren't helping at all. Robin. Oh, yeah. That was really Terrible idea. <laughs> so they said it just sounds like a homeless guy threw up in there, and that gives them an idea. Right. So then we flash back to the car repair shop, and Marshall <laughs> asks, you know, why'd you have to break both windows? <laughs> or two windows? And Robin wanted to try it because it looked fun when Lily did it. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great line. Because one so inconsiderate. <laughs> <laughs> like, so unnecessary. Right. And even thinking even further back, like, yeah, this was while Marshall was still in law school, didn't have a paid internship, so he had to pay to get all this repaired. And the way Nobody. Robin delivers it's really great, too. <laughs> right. And so Marshall points out, you know, that he's been blaming really tan- dancing leotard guy as the homeless guy that threw up all over his car, but it was really them. The mechanic comes in and says, wow, what a special car. Now, can I crush it up into a little square ball? Oh, little, Lily little, points little out this is where they became best friends. Mm-hmm. So the car's bringing everyone together. Barney supports getting rid of the car. And Robin thinks, oh, I didn't realize you know, the car meant that you love the car so much. He goes, love it? I hate, wait, let me start over. He's going to get the right position. Away. <laughs> Turns back around. more dramatic. Love it. I hate it. And then he tells why and... Or first he's like, why? Why? And he gets stuck in this cycle of saying why over and over again. So Ted takes over. Yeah. So there's a, you know, at some point there's a transit strike. Barney has a massage scheduled in Queens. Ted offers Marshall's car to Barney because Marshall's not there. 
Barney says, well, why don't we make it a road trip? And eventually Ted, you know, figures out that Barney can't drive. Right. But there's some fun questioning. Uh, you know, if you can drive, where's the gas? A trick question. <laughs> <laughs> Middle, left, right? <laughs> and so Barney fesses up. He never learned how to drive. He grew up in the city. Ted's going to teach him. And there's a great scene in the Fiero of... Oh, my gosh. This is probably my favorite. One of my top five favorite. How I Met Your Mothers. <laughs> yeah, you talk about this one a lot, but... You want to describe it? Um, so they're in just a parking lot, I guess, and Barney's trying to figure out how to drive. <laughs> He's only going about uh, three like miles, miles an hour. Yeah. And we have Ted just, you know, nagging on him the whole time. So, you know, ignore the old lady and the rascal. It's not a race. And then a dog, apparently one of these dogs from Costa Rica came up. <laughs> stray dog just comes and lays, like sits down, in the, yeah. lays down in the middle of the parking lot. And Barney starts to panic. Like, what do I do? What do I do? Ted goes, itch dog. <laughs> yeah, <well>, nothing. <laughs> so Ted, you know, step on the brakes so anytime bad. in the next 20 minutes. <laughs> and so Barney's like, which one's the brake? And Ted tells him the left one. And Barney can't figure out what's left. So Ted tells him to make the L's with his hands. <laughs> Barney's <laughs> screaming and and starts start hitting buttons. Turns on the radio and the five hundred miles song starts playing. <laughs> <laughs> and as they're just both screaming things, you can hear Ted yell, "Scream! Screaming is fun! <laughs> yeah, stop, drop, and roll!" <laughs> and Ted or Barney, I guess, pulls over and like into some bushes or something. <laughs> it's like I, I can't feel my I. He acts as though he's just been in a horrible accident. <laughs> right. And he, like, feels his face, and then he pulls the rear view mirror down and, like, smiles at himself. <laughs> <laughs> so they're back in the the auto body shop. Barney says that he, he because of this, he made a decision. He says, I, to keep living my life to the fullest. <laughs> it was like, so you made a decision to change nothing in your life. Right. And there were true two story. accidents that day. Barney goes, true story. <laughs> All right. Marshall decides to get rid of it. He seemed to be holding on to it because, you know, he's getting ready to take this sellout job with a corporation, with an evil corporation, and this was the one thing that kept him grounded. He said, you know, he's not helping the environment. Ted's not a philosopher. Lily's not an artist. Barney's never driven over 10 miles per hour. He goes, I'm sure Robin's also experienced disappointment in her life, maybe. And I love the cut two on Robin. She's <laughs> like shakes her head. Like, shaking no. her head no. Like, no, that's never happened to me. <laughs> With such like a little <laughs> smirk on her face, like of course not. <laughs> no. Never Now we find out that's not true, but that but really works for this scene. Yeah. And so yeah, this is just one more thing that didn't work out. It's not a Fiero that's gonna go two hundred thousand miles. But, you know, he, he tries to turn it around that, you know, they'll have a new car with new memories and it'll be the one they had when him and Lily first got married and the one their kids remember. They're four, they're four kids. Yeah, they're two kids. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, as he's saying goodbye, he's, you know, tapping on, you know, patting the, the dashboard and the tape pops out, which inspires right. them to try and push it. Well, before that, Ted says, yeah, right, right, the Fiero right. affected all of their lives. Marshall says, affected. <laughs> Ted says, that's what he said. Okay, just checking. <laughs> so, so yes, then they decide to push it the last point seven miles to get it to 200,000. Uh, and we get, what, you know, 30 seconds of them trying to push, and the car's motion. not going anywhere. And the mechanic's like, guys, the back wheels are on blocks. The car's not going anywhere. Close enough. <laughs> Close enough. 
They're at McLaren's. They're cheering to the Fiero, the selling the scraps, paid for a couple nights of drinks. It's the giving tree of cars. Mm-hmm. And then we have a final scene where we, we get Marshall as a teenager for the first time introducing I'm going to be by the Proclaimers to his older brother. Right. It's the greatest song ever! And he puts it in the tape deck, so we don't know if this is when it gets stuck in the tape deck. Well, I mean, it, yeah, that's true. It could have come out again at some point. And that is the episode. That is the episode. Wow. Do you ever get emotional saying goodbye to your cars? No. Really? Oh, I always feel bad when I trade my cars in. Even no. though I know, like, <laughs> I'm only going to have you until this time. I so always th- feel bad about so it. So this is where Tyler gets it. <laughs> like, personifying a, yeah. an object. We had, we got a new refrigerator, and the refrigerator delivery guys were in here, and Tyler was at first stressed that it wasn't the same color as our old <laughs> refrigerator. So they're carrying out the old refrigerator, and I see Tyler, like, on the landing of our, you know, one of our rooms, and he's crying as they're taking it out. I'm like, oh my. First of all, it was a little embarrassing against, you know, around the tough guy refrigerator movers. That my son is crying over a refrigerator being taken out. Hey, now, he and that refrigerator had a lot of good times <laughs> playing the close the door game. That's true. He gets back to his seat before it closes on its own. <laughs> Make up a good point. Okay, what was your favorite joke? Uh, just all of <laughs> Barney driving. <laughs> okay. Mine, it's a tough one. It's between Robin saying... It looked fun when Lily did it, so I wanted to do it, too. Yeah. That scene or uh, Ted, <laughs> many of these spectacles were decorative. <laughs> or, or Robin's face when she says, no, she hasn't had any disappointment in her life. Those are, like, my three favorites. I think probably her saying that she broke the window because it looked like it looked so much fun when Lily did it is, is probably the best. Nice. Uh, least favorite? Do you have one? Um... Probably tranny. the tranny joke, yeah. Either that or the old man leaking fluid. Oh, okay, yeah, that was mine. <laughs> okay. Old man leaking fluid. I thought leaking you know, fluid, smelling stale, and making weird noises out the back. It took too long to get there. For some, you know, it wasn't just not a great joke, but they, it went on for a little while. <laughs> Where do you think I have this ranked? Seven. Very, very close. It is actually number nine. Oh, I almost said nine first too. And then I bumped it up a little bit. Well, all you had to say was top ten, and I would have given it to you. So, yeah, top ten. <laughs> and welcome to it. This is our very first top ten Yay. episode. This is the highest-ranked episode we've had so far. Um, I don't think we start to beat it out until season three, hmm. just to let you know. Um, why don't you tell people where they can find us? You can find us at RunkleRecaps.com, on Twitter at RunkleRecaps, on Instagram, underscore, how I met your podcast underscore... And you can also email us at runklerecaps at gmail.com. And I'm having a lot of fun with that Twitter these days. So if you want to interact with me, uh, look for us on Twitter. And if you want to send us a tweet that I will respond to and then Steve will respond to also because he doesn't know how Twitter works, please do that. Yeah. Do that. (laughs) All right, everyone. Until next week. Bye, Bye, everybody. (laughs) 